every person, it needs to be a requirement that they take an improv class at some point in their life. Because it's not to prepare you to be on stage. It is to prepare you to not fear life, period. Welcome to Improv is No Joke podcast, where it's all about becoming a more effective communicator by embracing the principles of improvisation. I'm your host, Peter Margaritas, the self-proclaimed chief edutainment officer of my business, The Accidental Accountant. My goal is to provide you with thought-provoking interviews with business leaders so you can become an effective improviser, which will lead to building stronger relationships with clients, customers, colleagues, and even your family. So let's start the show. Welcome to episode number 58, and today my guest is Allison Estep, who is a former creative services associate for the Indiana Society of CPAs and a graduate of the conservatory program at the Second City in Chicago. Our conversation focuses on the everyday application of improvisation skills to help us combat fear, take risks, and become a more well-rounded person. I believe an interesting part in our conversation is when Allison states that improv should be part of our current day educational system. She makes some very valid points to the statement, and I know you'll enjoy this interview. Before we get to the interview, I'd like to talk about Listen, Learn, and Earn. I've partnered with the Maryland Association of CPAs and the Business Learning Institute to bring an exciting new learning opportunity for accounting professionals to earn CPE credit. You can earn up to one self-study CPE credit for each completed podcast episode purchased for only $29 through the Maryland Association of CPAs and the Business Learning Institute self-study website. The podcast episodes are mobile-friendly. Open your browser on your smartphone, tablet, or computer. Go to the MACPA BLI self-study account and listen to an episode. Take the review and final exam while you're working out or after listening to an episode on your commute to and from work. It's that easy. While all selected Improv is No Joke podcasts are available on my website, only those purchased through the MACPA BLI self-study website are eligible for CPE self-study credit. You can get detailed instructions by visiting my website at petermargaritas.com and clicking on the graphic Listen, Learn, and Earn, Improv is No Joke podcast on the homepage. I hope you enjoy this exciting and flexible new way of earning CPE credit. Okay, now let's get to the interview with Allison Estep. Welcome to episode 58, and today my guest is Allison Estep, who is the former Creative Service Associate for the Indiana Society of CPAs, but better yet, Allison was one of those very creative types, and I'm in envy and awe of her because she got to spend three years studying improv at Second City and did another year of studying improv at Improv Olympics, or otherwise known as I.O. And for my audience, I'm very good at improvisation, but I may have met my match today because I'm going to be de- I'm dealing with a pro. So first and foremost, Allison. Oh, and by the way, Allison is speaking to us today from a pretty shabby location. She said she can look out her window and see the rock at Gibraltar. 
and that's not a bar. I could pretty much touch it. No. You can pretty much touch the rock <laughs> yes. in Gibraltar. She is in Spain as we speak. So, Allison, oh, thank you for say, taking time out of your very busy day in Spain to spend with me on my podcast. Well, of course. <laughs> Anything I can do, right? <laughs> oh, this is going to be so much fun. <laughs> we may have to... We may have to edit out laughter, which has never been done before. Oh, <laughs> because Re- okay, well, we're, we're, we'll get there. The the two of us uh, doing this, there'll be a, a tremendous amount of laughs. But give the audience a little bit more about who Allison is, and, and, and some of your experiences and your background. Lord, where do we start? So, I'm from Indiana originally. And I started doing improv off and on. And I would drive up to Chicago on a Sunday morning, take a class, and drive back that night to make it to work. I kind of got obsessed with it after my first class. And then the guy, the boyfriend at the time, we actually ended up moving to New York to pursue it because he was like, I'm not going to do this one day driving anymore with you. And I was like, well, sweet, <laughs> let's, let's move. That's what I've been trying to do. So, you know, we did that longer story short. I ended up in Chicago by myself in 2010. And I immediately started taking classes, went about three years with the program and just had an absolute blast. And it's it's one of those things that it, it becomes so much part of your life that you get a little bit of separation anxiety when it when you're kind of removed from it. Like when I moved back to Indiana in 2016, it was it total not complete culture shock because there is a smaller scene in Indiana, but my God, do I miss it? There, there's nothing like doing improv on stage in front of people and having it kill. I you can't understand how like your soul lights up with that laughter. You know, like, you know what I'm talking about. You, you've done it. Like, it's, it, it just, it's amazing. It's such a high. It's crazy. It's, it's, it's my heroin, uh, actually, when I can, when I can do that and, and have the improv skills all come in line and, and have, have the audience just laughing hysterically. There's nothing better. Oh, the, yeah. When you're, when you're vibing with a crowd, it's, uh, it's out of control. I did this one bit one time where I was a lounge singer. And just when, when, and I was out there most of the time by myself, because that, that was a bit of a sketch. That was a sketch that I'd pre-written. And some of the riffs were just with audience members. And, you know, you're out there by yourself. It, it, it's scary. Yes. But the second I say the first syllable, I'm out. I'm done. I'm, the, the fear's left me and I'm ready to roll. Now I'm just, I told you I'm going to go off the rails. You've got to, <laughs> you've got to reel me in or I'll just keep talking. Well, you'll never get a word in. That's okay. It's uh, But but tell me, I mean, when, when you were in Second City and, and you were there for three years and I know they've got a, a curriculum outlined uh, and the courses that you can take and they're over, I think like eight weeks. I, you fell in love with this, but what was it about that curriculum that, that just really inspired you? Uh, well, so I went through the entire program and you have to, you have to audition to get past a certain level. And I I made it all the way through, um, through the conservatory and, you know, graduated the program, so to speak. The very first class for me, at least by the end of it, it was something that I felt Every person, it needs to be a requirement that they take an improv class at some point in their life, because it's not to prepare you to be on stage. 
It is to prepare you to not fear life, period. To just not be afraid. I mean, you know, exactly, right? You've said it right there. Like, I, I mean, you just summarized that, that's, it that's all it right is. there. It is. That's, that's, that's wonderful how you, how, you, how you put that. Well, and that's, that's exactly how I felt from day one. And so I just, I was like, well, I'm now going to be a you know, disciple and prophet of this because it's out of control up my alley. Just everyone needs to go through that because I know so many inverted or introverted, sorry, introverted people that, yeah, right. I don't know that many inverted, but I, <laughs> I don't I would stop. Okay. <laughs> okay. So shy, I know some shy people. Yes. That would really benefit from this, that have a problem. And, or that, you know, when I say I've been on stage and it doesn't scare me at all, and some of them say that's their worst nightmare, I, I'm like, how can, you know, you should not feel that way. And you should be able to, and I know that that's, an, you know, an inherent difference in people. But we all have to talk in front of other people at some point for any reason, a, a number of reasons. And it really takes the fear out of that. And I used to be terrified. Like I had a speech class in high school and I was absolutely terrified. My teacher told me to put my hair back because I would sit and play with my hair the entire time I was talking because my nerves were just running wild. If I would have had a class earlier in my life, I think it would have set me up a little bit I would have succeeded in a few other areas, possibly. Like, you know what I mean? See, I told you, I'm just going to That's fine. I mean, you, no, you, especially not, when I get on a subject I'm passionate about, I just go. <laughs> well, you, you, you're, you're validating a lot of things that, that I've been saying for a long time. And the, the thing about the fear, it does help you get past that fear. Uh, I, and I used to be a very shy person. And when I tell people that, they just kind of oh. laugh at me like I never, yeah. But, yeah, because you would never know that. Never know that. But it took a lot. But And I started getting out of that, that shyness. But what I'm really honed in is when I started doing improv. And it you right, it takes that fear away. And, and, you know, people say standing in front of people is their worst nightmare. I have two worst nightmares. One is that crazy guy in North Korea hitting a button. We've got a nuclear war. That's my oh, worst God. nightmare. No and, kidding. Yeah, that's that's a good one. And my other worst nightmare is the client's check does not clear. Oh no! <laughs> Those are my two. Those are my only two. Those are legit fears. Those are legit fears. Those are worst nightmares. Not getting paid. You know, the check bounces, doesn't clear. Mm-hmm. But so you're, you 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 obviously discovered this early on, and. I forgot because we met, and just so the audience knows, I just met Allison about maybe three, four weeks ago. Yeah, I think like right at like three. Yeah. Yeah. When I was at the Indiana Society of CPAs speaking, a good friend of mine, and Carl, if you're listening, you're the man, uh, introduced me to Allison. <laughs> he just happened to be at the Indiana Society that day. Uh, he was actually coming to give me a couple of, of pictures that he took that he thought that I would like. And then I guess he struck up a conversation with you, Allison, and you mentioned something about improv. And then on my break, he said, you got to meet this woman. And, you know, <laughs> just, 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 just I, my, I know my wife will be listening to this, but after we sat down and talked, it was love at first improv. <laughs> Well, and the reason I met Carl is because he overheard me talking to Stacy about that I was moving. And then, you know, we kept talking and he was like, oh, I've got to get the book. After, you know, we kept talking 
and I realized who he was. And I was like, Carl, no, I've been stalking you. (laughs) You're the member that takes all these amazing photographs because Kara had some of them framed on her her wall and they were beautiful. So I'd been trying to figure out who he was. It, it was very serendipitous that whole day. That was. The way that, yeah, it was very strange in, in a beautiful, beautiful way. So thinking back at your time at Second City, is there a point in time that you would say that that was the, whatever you were doing, that was the, the, the pinnacle, the, 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 the top of the mountain. It couldn't get any better than that day or that evening when you were at studying improv. It was a showcase, our graduation showcase. And it was when I was doing that cabaret uh, scene that I mentioned earlier. Right. Because that was kind of my own thing. And that, I just need to write myself a one-woman show. Because that's kind of, that was a taste of where the pinnacle would be for me. You know, like, I haven't reached that pinnacle. My pinnacle at that time, though, would be probably, well, my sketch group and I were in Sketchfest. And that was pretty big. But there were a few times just when just doing improv on stage in class shows that were kind of the height of happiness for me. (laughs) So um, let's talk about this one one woman show that that you had mentioned. And just so my audience gets a feel of it and writing a one woman show. It's just not Allison just sitting there by herself and writing. It's a collaborative effort between uh, a lot of individuals that know you know your writing style and, and helping you build that one woman show. And then also getting feedback from an audience. It's not you in a vacuum. No, 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 no. That's uh, kind of workshopping. Well, just two, two things. So my boyfriend and I, he actually is very good with helping me with character work because we'll just start an offhanded comment, you know, and then just run with it. And now there's a palm tree named Alan outside of the front of this hotel that we have a whole backstory for. Like there's just silly rambling things that start something and you develop a character out of it. And and that's kind of how improv starts is you get a suggestion, you get one little nook, you know, one little like tidbit of something and it flourishes because the actors just go with it. They just run with it. And how do they do that? What's what's the magic words that they use to get that to happen? Oh, it can be bumpy. So sometimes, <laughs> sometimes it's it's not just magic out of the gate. Like I'm, let's not sugarcoat it. I have sat through many, many an improv set, not laughing through the whole thing by any stretch. I don't want to say it's fully saturated, but Chicago is very rich. With the improv scene. And so they're all walks. And I do fully believe that every person should take an improv course throughout their life. I don't think every person is an improviser. That's not, you know, those are very different things because it is very hard. It is very hard. And if you're having an off day, it can be crippling completely. So everybody should take an improv course, but not everybody's an improviser. So what I hear there is... With improv and and this character development and this, you know, let's run with it. It's it's all around the, the two words yes and. It's it's not negating. It's positive. We're moving things forward. So I I I, I, I see that, but I, I think those who who might not be good improvisers are those who are thinking more about they're trying to be funny 
or they're, or they're not or and, and they're not they're not listening and they have an agenda that they're trying to push and it just doesn't mess mesh and that's when it becomes when improv is it becomes you know cringy when we don't have cohesiveness of that of that team and somebody's just trying to be the center the, the person wants to be the stand up comedian but there's no there's no stand up in improvisation no I, there 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 really isn't the two the two separate beasts no, uh, yeah, that they are they are completely you know separate animals there. You're not out there for yourself by yourself. You are very much with a team, and everybody on that stage wants you to succeed. You know, everybody off that stage wants you to succeed. Nobody really I don't think people typically like to feel embarrassed for other people. You know, I think that's where it gets that that cringy. Yeah, nobody really wants to feel that. And with improv, it's all unknown. That's why it's such a scary thing for people that have never been through a class, maybe, or, or don't know everything about it. But it's a little less scary for the people on stage once you realize you're not, everything you have to say is not a joke. It does not have to be funny. Sometimes the most mundane things can be the funniest. I've had people laugh when I'm doing improv uh, just on the word okay. Exactly. Yeah. It, it, because being the straight man sometimes is sometimes the funniest part. Right. You know, exact some of my throwaway lines. We did an improv, it was um it was a Christmas special. God, that was a riot. Actually, that could have been one of my See, I have so many good memories. I don't know, but it, it was really good. And I was Mrs. Claus and I just said a throwaway you know, kind of line. And this lady just lost it. <laughs> you know, when, when there's, <laughs> I was like, oh my God, because I kind of muttered it even. Oh my God, God, I didn't even know if anybody would hear that. And she just lost it. Because, you know, when I think about, when I think about that, did you see, um, was it, it's called Don't Think Twice? I have not seen that. No, I'm I'm so excited with Mike Birbiglia. I, I have not seen that yet. Okay, it's 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 uh, stars Kiki Michael Keel. It's a story about improv, about improv group, and there's a couple scenes in there where the main character Keegan starts to take over because it's he wants to turn it into him versus the group because he wants to get on SNL. Oh, sure. Yeah, and you could eat, and and they did a great job with this because you could see the body language and see the other. Improvisers just kind of going, oh, here he goes again. It's, it's you know, he, it's not about the team. It's about me. And he does. He did a great interview with um, uh, Stephen Colbert about the movie, and, and he talks about the yes and, and and improv. And he goes, it's the exact opposite of show business because show business, it's all about me, baby. And in improv, it's about the group. Yeah, I've never. Yeah, I haven't even thought about it. It is the exact opposite of show business. But there are people who are trying to be in show business. And so that's the thin line that you walk. Because to be kind of a standout in an improv world, like the people that the, the, the ones that, that are currently on um, Starnet Live that I have seen, they were so good at listening to each other, the give and the take, that that's actually what made them stand out. They, knowing how to walk that brilliant line between hilarity and timing and listening to your partner and, and, you know, like mining your inner gold from what they're saying. That's who are the people that really shine. And like AD Bryant. Oh my God. She was a riot to watch, but she never stepped on anybody's toes. Right. 
And even if you do, you know, you back it up or you, you know, you figure it out. But it really is such a collaborative piece. And when somebody tries to do that, like his character, it doesn't go unnoticed by anyone. Right. And it doesn't look great. It's very obvious. Yes, that's that's it's so obvious when you go off and do that exactly. So, uh, also, I want the audience to understand when we talk about Second City and, and improv, they think you know if I go see a show, it's all improvisation, which it's 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 a lot more of sketch comedy with some improv built into it. But how they come up with these sketch comedies, it's through audience feedback because. I believe, if, if I'm correct, after, you know, say the show's like two acts or, or, or two sessions, they'll have a third session and they, the actors will come out and just start improvising a scene and, and something that they're working on. And those who stick around will give them feedback. So they're co-creating with that audience. Is, is, that, is that true? They don't exactly give feedback, but it's it's kind of based on, you know, well, laughter. It, it, I mean, feedback that way. They don't actually say audience participation on, on that front. But yeah, after they do finish the show, it's the third act. And that's where we used to go after class. Um, every Tuesday night, my buddy Adam and I would go and watch the third act. And it was, God, there was just some, yeah, there's definitely some comedy gold on there. <laughs> but that's how they do. So, so they'll finish their sketched show. And then the third act is where they do improv and they will ask for suggestions or they'll ask some standard you know, improv questions and just go. And then the bits that really nail and like resonate well, then they'll try to grow sketches for the next show out of that. And that's kind of how the writing, yeah, starts over there. Okay, so let's, let's take all of that and... We, we talked about the fear, get, helped you get past the fear, but what skills from improv were you able to bring into the business world in your role at the Indiana Society of CPAs? You know, it's funny because people do tend to live often, and not everyone, supremely fear-based. It is seri- it, it's absolutely night and day from before I went through Second City and to after, if I was to either give a presentation, if I was to you know, give out a couple of ideas on a project, the, the, my confidence level in that aspect is 110% better. I, I used to have a very hard time if I had um, a design concept, being able to sell it. I, I, it is not that hard anymore. You know, I, I'm far more confident in my abilities it's not because I'm such a better designer. It's because I've done training. You know, I'm still, I'm, I'm a good designer, yes. But it's not like I haven't taken more classes along that line. It's been classes on working with people, basically. It's that collaboration piece. It is. And it's not being afraid of what they're going to say to you. In the corporate world, there's this thing that kind of gets in the way of collaboration and creativity. It's called ego. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I, I think that's probably my biggest challenge in dealing with the corporate world is I'm coming in in this collaborative team base. Give me all your ideas. I don't care if they're bad ideas. We'll make something out of it. We'll make something out of nothing. But then the ego gets in there. The show business gets in there because it's all about me. And if and if they're not able to control the meeting or control the idea, uh, it seems to get squashed. And it's just, it, I think that's the frustrating part of it. That is extremely frustrating. I do think it helps you be able to handle 
that person a little bit better, it, you're, you're not always going to win when you've got somebody like that in the room, you know? But there's a lot of egos when you're on stage and you have to work with those people because I, just as I'm saying, you know, they teach you to listen to the other person. That doesn't mean everyone follows those rules ever, <laughs> you know, at all. And so just like, you know, in a boardroom or whatever, you're going to have to deal with that person fighting for the control. But it helps you, maybe it help. God, I don't, I don't want to say manage your expectations. But maybe, maybe it might be just helping to manage the egos in the room. Yeah. Because everyone has an ego and some are stronger than others. And I, I look back and I think, okay, I used to love watching Whose Line Is It Anyway? And then I look at, I look at the four four actors up there, and they all got huge egos. But some way they're able to park that agenda, put it aside for a bit, and become clever because they all want to be the one to say the funny thing that gets the crowd roaring. But somebody at some point in time may have to be the end person to, to help set up the other person for the laugh. Um, I, I, that, I think that's where it's helped me is. You know, going okay. I recognizing what I've what I'm working with when I got someone with a very strong ego is figuring out how I can help manage that in order to achieve that goal. I don't think I could have. I don't think I could have gotten there that quickly without some improvisation training. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yes, that's a very solid point. I, I try to get to Chicago if I can, if it fits into my schedule for three days. A, a year to attend a, a, a like a weekend immersion or something and, and go. Yes. And last year I, I, I got to do it twice. And one was a three day and, and one was a, a, a one day that did improv for business. And, and I, I tell you what, every time I leave, I, I'm just, I'm outside of my body. I am just so giddy because it just, it, it's just, like I said, it's my heroine. I, I just get such such a wonderful high. And and, and some let, let's talk about some of, some of the, the exercises they do because the one that I remember from last year we did. Do you know the human knot? Um, I think I do. Go through it because I think I'm just remembering it called something different. Yeah, you you get six or seven people and you create the circle and you put your arms out and you grab another person's arm, so you kind of tangled up and you try to get yeah. you try, you yeah. try to get untangled out of this group of people and you can't let go and, and, and you violate your personal the other person and your person's personal space and you're putting these but it's it's a great way of really learning how to work together as a group to figure out a problem and i will say we did not completely get untangled but we and it took us about seven minutes and it was um, probably the most interesting and uncomfortable <laughs> time <laughs> because I mean you get males and females in, in, in this and you're you're getting real close and you're it's 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 it, but after it's all said and done you've solved the problem and as a team and that was one of the first games that we played that I that that just resonated with me and I think it's a it's a it's a wonderful team building game it, it just needs to be in the right atmosphere in, in order to really execute to it <laughs> right 
with the right people and the right setup because that can get supremely uncomfortable. <laughs> yes, yes, it can. It got, yeah, a few times it, it, it did. And so, you know, that was one that, that has always resonated with me. And, and, and But I, I think the thing about improv that has always stuck with me and I'm I'm getting better at it over the years. It's that whole thing about listening. Mm-hmm. And it's about listening to understand, not listening to respond. And and some of the games, like I remember we, we would play a game like one word at a time and, and last word spoken. Do you remember those? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You, you want to have a little fun with uh, one word at a time? Yeah. Uh, let me say one thing about the knot real quick. That's one of those ones that I wish they would have done sooner because I get very touchy-feely. And so if I'm excited on stage, it, for part of effect of something I'm going to say, maybe I need to touch someone or that I'm playing their girlfriend or you know so, something's happening, Right. that it gets you comfortable with the people physically. And sometimes not everybody's on that same page with me. And so it's, yeah, it's one of those things that it's like, it, it kind of breaks down those barriers first. That's all. That's a very good point. Uh, and and I, actually, I didn't think about it that way, but it does. It, it helps break down some of those barriers. If we're going to be working in a close environment and it also helps you get to know the other, the, the other people in the group, a little bit better and we can also usually what happens is someone in that group we don't know who it is someone's going to start taking the lead yeah someone yep. also takes lead role to help untangle and but you know there's a thing about a team with a team we got a leader but the other thing that i saw in that is someone will take the lead and then we'll get to a point that we can't solve then somebody has the idea then they take the lead so, so we transition from a team to an ensemble and working together where everybody has a role at just at different points in this leadership piece in order to try to get completely untangled. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it, it's a pretty cool game. Yeah, it is. And, and just to watch. <laughs> yeah. And you're right. I think that's one of the first things because I, I think when, when I took the class probably about five years earlier, I don't think we did. I'm not sure if we even did that one. That's. I feel like I didn't. I, I that might have been an I.O. that I finally did that because I don't remember it being until much later. And I just I remember um, in some of the first few, maybe not, maybe just first few, because different people you'd be thrown in with different people in different classes all the time. And I sometimes people are just not that comfortable with you touching them. And I'm like, hey, look, I'm a toucher. <laughs> we're gonna have to deal with this. So if we're gonna be in a scene. I need you to know that about me, you know. And and so it's better making people comfortable when you force them into that situation. And it sounds kind of weird to say that, but it does. It's it's a good game, yeah. And, and we did it. Stephanie Anderson was was the one that was leading us, and uh, you know you you're there with seven other six other people that you don't even know. You just met, right? And you're going, okay, this is, but you know, you could see there were like two groups in the room and you can see the uncomfortableness at the very beginning and, and the, ah, but it was amazing how quickly it went to let's solve this problem. Let's get comfortable with one another and let's just, and let's just do it. And and, yeah, you've got to let that melt away so you can get the job done. Bingo. And that does, that does translate into a, a, a lot of what we need to do. Uh, at work and, and, and with working with teams and stuff. 
Right. But talking about the listening piece, do you want to play a little game of uh, one word at a time? Oh, God. <laughs> sure, let's do it. Which is, so I'll say a word. What we're trying to do here is create a, a cohesive sentence. <laughs> sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Uh, <laughs> right. And we do it at one word at a time. And I still remember my teacher saying, don't think, just react. Don't think, just react. So um, I will let you start. Ladies first. No way. You start. <laughs> Host first. I insist. No, you insist. <laughs> I went to the theater this morning. Oh, already ruined. <laughs> already ruined. Hold, hold on, hold out on. of the gate. Let, let, let me go to Google and see if "this morning" is one word. <laughs> <laughs> I believe so. I, there's it's, a hyphen. I think it's there's, a dialect. Yeah, there's a hyphen in there somewhere. <laughs> this morning. <laughs> this morning. <laughs> Very good. This morning. <laughs> then I flew to Gibraltar, low hanging fruit. <laughs> so you can see the horizon from my room. Period. <laughs> There you go. Ta-da. Ta-da. Sentence. So, but the, the, the thing that happens in, in this game, and and it happened to both of us, you know, because the teacher would always say, quit thinking, just react. But a lot of times when you're playing this game, you're thinking three or four words ahead because you think you know how this is all going to play out. Oh, yeah. And, and And when you do that and you hear another word you're not expecting, there's that, that old crap moment. It's like, Oh, yeah. Well, I'm rusty. Like, I, I had those. I Clearly, this morning. I was ready. I had a whole narrative going. Like, you got to release that. But it's it's all, it, it really, I, I, I play this in, um, when I do my my um, keynote presentations and stuff, I do this with the audience. I have them do it in pairs and stuff, or depends on the size of the audience and, and, and how willing they are to volunteer. I may get somebody up on, on stage with me to, to, to play that game. And it's, it, it's amazing. Once you play it one time and, and you hear the feedback afterwards and you hear what the goal is, it immediately sticks with you. Yeah. Well, and it's so fun in, in big groups like that because it just gets elaborate. <laughs> and then, and then, because well, well, I just did this um, uh, last week when I was at speaking at the National Association of Black Accountants. I had a group in there, and we were, I was uh, doing my uh, "Embrace Your Inner Superhero," which is based around my book, which is based around improv. And we did we did one word at a time, and, and they did such a good job. I said, "Let's take it to the next level. Let's let's work on it as a team." And do you remember the game? Uh, I call it Doctor Know It All. It could be Mister Know It All. You get three people sitting in chairs. And they know the answer. Yes, they know the answer to every question that's ever given. But they, yes, but they answer it one word at <laughs> a time. Yes, and three people immediately volunteered, came up and sat down. And the first question was, "I like to. Why is the sky blue?" And I'll be most people. They really stumble out of the gate because they're anticipating. But this group, they nailed it. And I said, oh, nice. I said, I said, okay, let's 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 take another level. I said, why is the food in New Orleans so good? 
And they did such a good job of listening and, and not trying to think ahead. So I, I, I saved the last question, always the fun question. This is a new question I've added to this. Uh, I, where do babies come from? <laughs> oh my God! The whole place, the whole place was absolutely roaring. Oh God! We kept That's it. Fantastic. We, we kept it clean, but it, everybody. I mean, I think people were crying. We were laughing so hard. Oh, that's awesome. But it got the point across <laughs> that they were able to really park that agenda, not anticipate and get ahead of themselves, listen to what's saying, and then react to it. And, and I remember the first time I, I did this with the group, somebody asked that, that question, and, and they started off, well, mom and dad <laughs> got a bottle of wine and then it just went. <laughs> and then it went. <laughs> and then it went. And then it's just, I mean, <laughs> hilarity galore. But, you know, to that point that you were saying, when improv, it can be cringy. It's when you're not listening and you're trying to you're trying to formulate that into what you you want to steer that conversation versus let that conversation build something out of nothing. Yes. And? Oh, <laughs> Told you sometimes they're off days. Oh. This is not <laughs> it, it, it must be it must be the time zone. It's what four, it's, Good it's, Lord. It's, it's probably it's close to getting to five o'clock, and you're probably preoccupied because happy hour starts promptly at five. <laughs> it, it, it is five. It's four fifty-two. Right <laughs> On a beautiful day in Spain, as she looks out into into it's the pretty, rock rock of Gibraltar, beautiful. it's pretty beautiful. Um, it is pretty beautiful. Well, because I, I do I don't want you to miss happy hour. Uh, but I, I do want to say that I want to make sure that we keep in contact because absolutely. Well, we should put. I've got time. Let's do one. Do or what? I don't know what your time is. No, we should try one more. We should try to do one more game. Okay, you want to do one more game? You want to do uh, last? Yes, word? let's do. You want to do last word spoken? Uh, yes. Remind me again. Last word spoken, just so I don't mess it up. Okay, so the, the last word in someone's sentence. Becomes the first word in the next person's sentence. Yeah, that's what I thought. Okay. <laughs> you, you, you remember that? Now? You. You're with me? Yes. You're, yeah. pick, you're picking up what I'm putting down? <laughs> I'm picking it. I'm picking it up. I don't know if I like it, but I'm picking it up. <laughs> okay, you want to start? You want me to start? Um, I will start. No, you start. I'm, I'm better at reacting right now. Now is a good time for us to play a game. Who's with me? No, it's the last words, game. No game. <laughs> <Remember? laughs> See, get out of here. My my head's already downstairs at the bar. All right. <laughs> Games are what I like to play with my friends. Friends, you can never have too many friends. Friends for life, some might say. Say you will, but the movie that the movie that the show Friends was one of my favorites. Favorites. I have so many favorites saved in my bookmarks on Firefox. It's probably not legal. Legal. They made marijuana legal in Colorado. <laughs> Colorado, the show me and get high state. <laughs> state. Uh, it could be the state of intoxication. It could be the state of altered memory. 
altered memory is probably what I will have by the end of this evening after happy hour. Hour. It seems to be 60 minutes, but sometimes hours can go by. Hour? Can, can go by so fast. <laughs> fast, fast, fast is how that boat is heading out to the harbor. Harbor? That's the name of a restaurant, isn't it? And you never end it on a preposition, Pete. You know better than that. <laughs> because that's really... Or with a question. Or with a question, exactly. <laughs> so, but, I mean, that's that's another... And actually, I, I played that game with 400 CPAs in Nebraska last year at a conference. They paired up, and then a gentleman who had introduced me came up to me afterwards and said he absolutely loved that game because it really resonated with him. He was the CEO of a... Of a um, of a, of a manufacturer of clay products in Endicott, Nebraska. So he, he was he, he loved this this game so much. This last word spoken that uh, he actually contacted me a couple of weeks later and, and wanted me to come out and work with his national sales team with this last word spoken and, and, and the principles of improvisation because he realized that his team was not that great at listening as well as himself and wanted to become a better listener. But w- even though that was really cool. When when we were talking, he said that he immediately went home that night, took that game, last word spoken, and played it with his nine or ten year old son, and his nine or ten year old son absolutely loved it. And he goes, "We play it all the time." Oh, that that to me was the price of admission. That to me just kind of made my day. That he he loved it so much that he introduced it to his son, and, and they 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 play it all the time. So. Um, it's a very powerful game, and it, and it really helps us, and it teaches us how to become better listeners. That's really cool. Well, that's the thing about so many of improv games is that they do just have fundamental teaching skills. And it's weird that they don't—I mean, I think—I can't remember what it was founded on. Do you remember the basis for improv? I, I think wasn't it wasn't like— um. It was a teacher, I thought, that was trying to get her kids to learn. Viola Spoolin? Yes, 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 yes. Exactly. Yeah, she was trying to get her kids to learn, and she came up with this new way of of teaching and learning, which actually turned into the development of of improv. Yes, absolutely. And it's, I know I've said this like six times already, but it's, I don't understand why it's not taught everywhere because these are fundamental things that I think a lot of people would be a lot happier in life if they knew a couple of fundamentals like like listening to people exactly like that sounds like the most basic thing but a lot of people do not do it right actually all the time at one time when I was at Ohio Dominican University I was thinking about writing a course for the business department on improv for business and I, I had the okay from the chair and I had okay from a few other the faculty members um, so I was going to start on it, but then came the point I had to decide if I wanted to stay with the university or, or take my business full time. So I never got to do that. Oh, sure. Th- there's actually a paper out there. Uh, somebody wrote a paper from the University of North Carolina on improv and teaching skills. Uh, I- I've seen a lot more stuff recently uh, written on the power of improv, the power to use it in teaching. And if you look at Second City and their training, they're, they're, they're doing improv for autism, improv for Alzheimer's. And there was a wonderful interview on, it was an NPR piece. Uh, and I can't remember, but it was 
talking about how uh, this couple used improv in dealing with their their uh, mother and mother-in-law who was having Alzheimer's, but and, and instead oh, of fi- wow. instead of fighting with them, the son-in-law was using improv skills and stepping into her reality, and it completely changed the, the mother's outlook and, and things. They, they seem to get along a little bit better versus you know how, how frustrating that, that can be. So th- there's a lot of good use and a lot of power in it, and I agree with a thousand percent. It should be part of a curriculum early on in life. Yeah, God, that's amazing. I, I did not. I haven't heard about the Alzheimer's. And I'm gonna see if I can. While we're wrapping this up, I'm gonna see if I can find the name of that uh, podcast. Oh I, yes, I, I think it was called A Beautiful Life. Okay, uh, I, I believe it might have been that. Uh, and actually, somebody had sent me a link to it and said, "I just listened to this, and I immediately thought of you because of all the stuff improv that you do." Yeah, and it's a, it's a, it's an NPR base of the or maybe it's the American Life, something along those lines. Okay, uh, I tell you what, if I find it, I, I will. I'll do two things. I will find it. I will put it in the show notes, and I'll also email it to you so you can listen to it. Oh yeah, that's perfect. I'll, I'll do that because it's and it's a three part podcast, uh, and I believe it's the second part in there. But it's actually very powerful what they did in dealing with Alzheimer's, and I know there's a curriculum at Second City with with, with autism, and and you're right. Once again, it really should be part of a, 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 a school's curriculum. I mean, that just—it's such a freeing thing to think about. It is. It just helps you to not care what people think you know or, or just not harbor it so deeply as many people do right and and follow the fear i know uh jay suko always says follow the fear follow the fear he, he has he puts it on facebook every friday what fear are you following you know what's your follow the fear friday show me what you're doing and that's when i said i i'd waited for months and i put moving overseas <laughs> i think like, i've been waiting for this follow the follow your fear friday for months yeah. Oh, yeah. Lean into it. Exciting. Oh, absolutely. Lean into it. Absolutely. It's all freaking an adventure at this point. It is. And I cannot thank you enough uh, for making a Tuesday even more exciting by having this conversation. Because I know I, I know you and I could probably sit and have a cocktail or two, and, and it would just be banter the whole time. And it would be so much fun. And it would be, next thing you know, we go, how did it get to be 2 o'clock in the morning? Exactly. I would not be surprised at all. Yeah. So we will we, we we will keep in contact, and I I can't thank you again for spending time with me. I, I thoroughly enjoyed this conversation, and I know my audience will as well. Oh, thank you so much. I'm I'm like so pleased that you asked me on here. I'm thank you so much. <laughs> and yes, email me that and talk to me soon. It sounds wonderful. Thank you again, Allison. All right, thank you. I'd like to thank again Allison for being a guest today and sharing her thoughts on the power of improvisation. I've partnered with the Maryland Association of CPAs and the Business Learning Institute to bring an exciting new learning opportunity for accounting professionals to earn CPE credit. You can earn up to one self-study CPE credit for each completed podcast episode purchased for only $29 through the Maryland Association of CPAs and the Business Learning Institute self-study website. The podcast episodes are mobile-friendly. Open your browser on your smartphone, tablet, or computer, 
Go to the MACPA BLI self-study account and listen to an episode. Take the review and final exam while you're working out or after listening to an episode on your commute to and from work. It's that easy. While all selected Improv is No Joke podcasts are available on my website, only those purchased through the MACPA BLI self-study website are eligible for CPE self-study credit. You can get detailed instructions by visiting my website at petermargaritas.com and clicking on the graphic, Listen, Learn, and Earn, Improv is No Joke podcast on the homepage. I hope you enjoy this exciting and flexible new way of earning CPE credit. Remember, you can subscribe to my podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. If you'd like to purchase a personalized signed copy of my book, Improv is No Joke, using improvisation to create positive results in leadership and in life for $14.99 and the shipping's free, please go to my website and you'll see the available now on my homepage. Just click and go to the shopping cart. In addition, you can download Improv is No Joke audiobook for $14.99 so you can listen on the go. You can follow me on social media. You can find me on Facebook by searching The Accidental Accountant. On Twitter, my Twitter handle is at pmargaritas. Connect with me on LinkedIn by searching my name, Peter Margaritas, and on Instagram by searching pmargaritas. In episode 59, I interview Carl Ulrichs, and we discuss the storm clouds of the future. You might remember Carl from episode 5, where we have a similar discussion, but we take another look at those clouds one year later. Thank you again for listening, and remember to leave a review of the podcast on iTunes. I would greatly appreciate your support. Remember to use the principles of improvisation to help you combat fear Take risks and become a better, well-rounded person. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.